Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Warning. The episode you're about to hear involves descriptions of sexual assault. Listener discretion is advised. All right. So, uh, so Jade and I are on our way finally to Divine Compare's house. Probably after like nine months of trying to get this interview. How are you feeling? Feel good. I think we, you know, we now have, you know, a lot more information than we did in the beginning. Uh, it was definitely like up and down because originally I thought oh, there's gonna be no problem talking to the last person and saw her. And then, uh, kind of a friendly reception and then got a cease and desist. You know, I mean, he's the last person here, so. Yeah, I'm the last person who was who was close with her. Right, that's the gate. All right, let's see here. Here we go, man. Episode 11, Chapter 23, Not the Ordinary Girl. Glendale police say they've exhausted all leads in the disappearance of Elaine Park. She was last seen on January 28th at her ex-boyfriend's home in Calabasas. Police tell us the family has been cooperative, uh, fully cooperative, and they say they do not believe the former boyfriend or anyone on that property had anything to do with Elaine's disappearance. As Jaden and I drive into the gated community where Elaine Park's ex-boyfriend, Divine Compare, lives with his parents, I look over my notes. They're filled with question after question to ask. After over nine months of investigating and four months since the press conference, this has been our first opportunity to speak with Divine and his family. Outside of the security videos that the police obtained from the property and our recent discussion with the Uber drivers from that last evening, Everything else we know about the 12 hours before Elaine disappeared came secondhand, mostly through Susan. I called Divine and I explained the situation and uh, he gave me the first statement about, I don't know, I mean, she just all of a sudden contacted me and uh, decided yeah. to go see a movie and she came over to my house when I saw her. She was not in a stage to drive, so I called the Uber and I paid for it and we went to see movie and then uh, came back and um, four o'clock in the morning, all of a sudden she got up singing, dancing, shaking, like a panic attack. And then I said, uh, 
I tried to stop her, but she dressed so fast and then she just spread off. He said that um, all of a sudden she got up and she said, I gotta go, I gotta go. Beyond this account, there have been many theories and accusations about Divine and his family, much of it pure speculation. So we want to know the facts firsthand. Everything Divine can tell us about Elaine, their relationship, and her behavior that night and the morning before she left his house and disappeared. Jarvis Park here, you think? Uh, maybe he'll uh, direct, maybe inside there. I guess just follow him. Is that his my car? You tell That's me? his car, but... Yeah. Divine's father, Shakim, greets us outside and walks us into the living room, where Divine and his mother are seated. It's strange to be here after nine months of hearing about Divine. We have so many questions about Elaine's last visit there, but we decide to start at the beginning. When did you first meet Elaine? We met at like a friend's like, get-together. I think it was around halloween In 20... Like 16. Yeah. You know, like she was a, like, she's her, our personalities match, you know, pretty much, yeah. so to speak. Like she don't really, you know, she could, she wasn't really messing with like a lot of people around her. I'm kind of like that the same. So it was just kind of like, who are you type of thing? Like, why don't I know you? So it was like one of those type of things. And I went to introduce myself and we exchanged numbers. And after that, we just, you know, started chilling after that, pretty much. We went to a complex con. It was a convention and where I took her. I just thought she was a real person. Like, I thought she was very authentic. Nothing was fake with her, and she didn't bite her tongue. You know, she was just a cool person. You know, I just, it's not like the like ordinary girl. We chill probably like, at one point it was like twice a week maybe, three times a week maybe. We move on to their breakup. I asked Divine about the text Elaine sent him on January 3rd. I love you enough to let you go, she wrote. I need this year to really invest in myself. He texted back, I can't lose you. You're all I got right now. When I finish asking about it, Divine corrects me. And while I do find it odd, considering the nature of their texts, I also understand that everyone has their own definition of what constitutes a relationship. It was never really like, we were never official. It was never the traditional, like, will you be my girlfriend? That wasn't, that question was never asked. We just... We're cool, you know, let's just see where it goes. That's all it was. So when she first kind of sent you that text of like, hey, I'm gonna take some time. I was in Utah that time. And then I I came back and then that's when I saw it. That was that night. Right. That's when everything happened. And was that text out of the blue or were you ready? I'm pretty, that was, I think that was out of the blue. That's when she was really analyzing her life at that point. After she sent that, then the next time you talked to her, was you guys FaceTimed when you were in Utah or something? So, we, yeah, we did. We FaceTimed each other. You know, we were just talking. It was like, oh, like, I'm out here trying to, you know, get my life situated. I'm working with my dad. You know, it was like, it was kind of a talk like that. Like, this is what I'm doing. You know, what are you doing? You know, that sort of thing. And then, she, you know, she was saying what she was trying to do, and that's all it really was. You know, it's like, okay, we're going to see each other when I get back. What when she said she was doing or working on? You know, she was just, it, it wasn't, she loves music. She yeah. loves music. So that's, it was, that's why we even like really got together because we, we kind of like similar things. She loves music, fashion. You know, she just, 
she loves all artsy, creative, entertainment stuff. So we had a lot to talk about, really. I think she wanted to get into like that entertainment field for sure, doing something. But I think she could have been one of the biggest A and R's. She loved like her yeah. air for music was crazy. Yeah. Things that you care about, you want to make them better. That's all it was. Cause I saw something in her that she could have been great at something, you know. So that's what we talked about earlier. Really. We asked Divine about a text he sent Elaine when they began talking again, one we've been trying to figure out the meaning of. He wrote. You can't hold all that in. Let it out. What's going on? I just want to let you know I'm here for you no matter what. But she kind of opened up last minute. Like those texts you were reading, you yeah. said you read, that was more like to the end of our, you know? Yeah. Of like us talking and then it was just like, then you, now you're telling me, you know? So it was just like, okay, now I have a little bit more insight. And what was the stuff she opened up about at that point? And she started talking about like, she started talking about you know, I know about the rape thing. She, right. didn't really, she, told, she told me about that. I had no idea. So I just was like, what? She was hazy on what happened with her friends, but maybe she told you kind of more. Yeah, she told me that. She was messed up. She was on something. Who does she let me know what happened? Unless she don't want to tell me. But that's what she told me, that she don't know. She doesn't know. She doesn't know if anything happened to her. That's how messed up she was. It happened in the summer of 2015. And this is kind of why it's significant. Why is it coming back up now? Yeah, I think my theory about that is, I think she felt like as if people were like, I don't know if they were tweeting about it. I don't know what the case may be, but I think she was like, oh, why is it coming up again? Right. And I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? But, you know, Elaine's Elaine, she won't tell, you know, it's just, she went back into that and it like, won't tell her, you know? So I had to respect that too, because I knew something happened. You know, it was like, this is a sensitive subject. Right. So it was just like, let me just not even bring it up, you know? It's tough though, that's why, I, that's why I told her to talk to somebody about all of this. Cause you can't leave all of this balled up. So it seems like Divine wasn't trying to keep Elaine from talking about what happened to her that night. He was encouraging her to do so. Quick word from our sponsor, Simply Safe. As a listener of the show, you obviously know the world can be dangerous and unpredictable at times. And for me personally, when I'm involved in things like this, even before I was, safety, Vigilance and preparation were always important. And that's why I recommend Simply Safe Home Security. I actually use Simply Safe for my personal protection. And as you know, with the things I do, whether it's trying to find criminals and murderers who are still out there with to live and die in LA and get justice for the victims, or with to die for, talking to former Russian spies who are spilling state secrets, I'm taking a risk. And I feel safer knowing that I do have home security. And yes, this is a sponsorship, but also I really truly do believe that having home security will at the very, very least give you peace of mind and free you from worry. For me personally, I feel safe knowing it's house noises versus an intruder. So whatever you do for your home security, I recommend Simply Safe. It was named Best Home Security Systems of 2024 by the US News and World Report. Simply Safe has given me and many of my listeners real peace of mind. I'd like you to have it too. You can get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com/livela. That's s i m p l i s a f e.com/livela. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. 
Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million families building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. That's greenlight.com slash odyssey. Now that we have a better understanding of Divine and Elaine's relationship and why they were seeing each other again that night, we turn to the evening of January 27th. Yeah, let's break it down that night. So you, got, you came back from Utah. Okay, so I met from Utah. What is it? She comes over. She comes over. She drives. But I think that's where everybody sees the camera. She gets here. I sort of saw, like, but she was, like, irritated, like, frustrated. So I was like, you know, let's get your mind off things. Let's go see a movie. So nobody drove. We took an Uber to, to see the movie. And we gave everybody the Uber receipts. Everybody mm-hmm. saw that. We saw Triple X or Vin Diesel come back, take an Uber back here. Where, you know, we just like that, lying in bed, watching movies and stuff. And then that's when she started opening up more about like her mom and stuff like that. And then she started talking about that type of stuff, how bad it was. She never really opened up about that before, so I already felt that was kind of weird. Yeah, you could tell she didn't want to be home that night. You just like try to go back there and just think of everything she said at that time when she opened up. She, she was just being so saying things are crying back there that moment. I hate living there. Anything specific? Well, she was like, the relationship around her mom, she just feels like nothing's real, you know? Like nothing's like, all, like authentic at home, she was trying to say. Did you get a sense of like maybe why she was bringing it up? Like you said that was kind of out of the blue. Now, I don't really know, I'm just as confused as anybody else. Right. In my opinion, I think something amplified it that night okay. earlier with her family. Yeah, had she ever talked about her mom before in that way? Not really. Who knows? He probably got into an argument. She just didn't tell me. That's the only thing I can think of. What's odd is that Elaine and her mom have always had issues. So what made this night different, prompting her to open up to Divine? One thing that might help answer this is Elaine's communication from the last 24 hours or so before she disappeared. However, this remains a complete mystery since her phone's been locked and disabled. He reached out to Celebrite, the leading cell phone forensics company, and asked if they could get into Elaine's iPhone 7. But they said they were still developing a workaround for the 7. They could only get into Model 6 and earlier. So we asked Divine if he knows anything about Elaine's communication that night. You remember she was like texting anyone or? I don't. Yeah. No phone calls? Not that I remember. But that, that, you'll find that if you unlock the phone. Did she pay attention to the movie? Was she on her phone? She paid attention. Yeah. Yeah, she paid attention. Because it was a movie that she wanted to see. Got a couple questions about that night that like might be sensitive. Are you okay like talking about it in front of your? Folks, are you, are you sure? Okay, all right. So oh, the first one is, um, what was the vibe in the right up? It was just on my arm, that's it. And so it was like, so so she, you guys were kind of connected. Yeah. This is obviously gonna be super, really important. It's like if there was drinking or whatever other stuff, like. Absolutely not. So that's so you guys weren't like, hadn't drank or smoked or anything? No. I find it interesting how quickly Divine shuts this down, given the nature of their text messages. But at the same time, he is in front of his parents. Got in the car, saw the movie, came back. And then at what time did you guys, like, crash out? 
I'll say like, what, one, two? Right. Around there. Yeah. After that, you know, we, we I fall asleep. We both, she falls asleep, I fall asleep. And she just wakes up and then like, I never saw nobody get dressed that quick. You know what I'm saying? She got dressed really fast and just, and just, and just like pretty much left. Not pretty much, that's exactly what she did. She left and then that's the last time I saw her. I was confused, you know? That's literally the last time I saw her, right? And that's when you see her like moving kind of fast on the tape at the gate to her car and she leaves. But I was, mind you, I was telling her, I was like, I don't really think you should, I don't think you should leave. I don't think you should just wake up and drive right now because your head is all, I could tell your head is all clustered everywhere. You might as well just leave in the morning, you know, or let me Uber you at least. You shouldn't be driving, you know? And she wasn't trying to hear that because with her, I think driving is therapeutic for her. So she likes to take these drives. You know, so she drove and then zipped. Susan had told us that Divine said Elaine was singing, shaking, and dancing that morning, as if having a panic attack. So I asked Divine about it. So did you feel like it was a panic attack she was having? I feel like it was, it was I don't know what it was. Like, what did it look like? Describe it. Yeah, you know, she just woke up. I don't know, I was like screaming. She like woke up all like. Like why? Who wakes up in the middle of the night like this? So it was just like, what? Are you are you having a nightmare or something? I, I don't know. What were the things she was doing that made you think that? Was she like, how was she acting strangely? Cause she like woke up like almost. I think she was singing a song or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, then you did say yeah. yeah, she was singing. Singing something. Yeah. She was dressing real fast. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm like, what are you even doing? Sometimes you'll sing a song to yourself to calm yourself down, or sing like loud and, you know crazy or something was it like kind of just seemed just seemed kind of softly to herself like yeah. to herself exactly yeah and was she for some reason someone said like dancing or just singing she wasn't dancing okay I don't know where that came from did you say goodbye or how did you wake up I woke up more like like WTF like what just happened right you know what I'm saying like she left it was literally that weird Right. Like, where are you going? No response, okay? Like, she, what am I gonna say to that? You know, yeah. that's, that's the worst part for me, to wake up in the middle of the night and just leave. Like, what was her reasoning for that? That's the only thing that didn't make sense for me. Why are you even leaving? Like, where are you even going? That's why I'm so puzzled to this day. So she didn't speak a word in the morning? Not a word. She didn't say goodbye or come out. Not, wow. Did you guys know that or no? That's no. it's no. Yeah. When, I didn't know she. Yeah. When you woke up, was she like all ready? So yeah, she was okay. getting dressed, getting her stuff, and she left. Okay. What do you remember what she was wearing? Or what her, what stuff she brought? She was wearing like some short shorts, Doc Martin boots. And, like I don't remember the top. Yeah, it was like black Doc Martin boots. Yeah. And then I think she had her sweats or something. Those are my sweats. She gave them back to me. Oh, she she wasn't wearing them when she left. No, she had her she had her regular clothes on when she left. Yeah. Right. She wore the sweats to the movies. When you kind of woke up, what did you think? All bad, all bad. Like, yeah. So I think something happened. Did you really? Yeah, because I told her, I was like, don't, you know, she's missing. So you felt like you thought, oh, maybe she like just shouldn't be driving in that state? Yeah. But you didn't think, oh, she might have done something to herself. That I don't want to put that energy out there. Yeah. I'm not going to say that. Did you reach out at all to her that morning? 
when you woke up? I probably did. I probably did call her, but she didn't answer or something like that. I don't remember. Right. I don't remember. But you might have called. Do you still have your, like, your last text on your phone? I don't. It's disturbing to me that no one has saved their last text with Elaine. If someone I cared about went missing, I would preserve those last communications in case they contained anything helpful to understanding what happened, and for sentimental reasons as well. I'm curious about Elaine's car also. Susan said there was a problem with the battery, so I asked Divine about it. Did her car break down? I mean, she I think the night before her battery had died, and so there was like some concern maybe her battery died on PCH or something, and she was trying to get help or something. Did her car ever break down or battery ever die when you were in it? Uh, no. Describe her car and like, was it neat? Was it like messy? Somewhat messy. Mm -hmm. yeah, I'll say. One of the factors that initially drew suspicion to the comparers is that they haven't been very active in helping to find Elaine, whether through participating in the searches or posting on social media. So we mentioned this to them. Yeah. Aaron, we got two kids. Our other daughter is right here. You, you can't even imagine it. I felt like Susan went about it the wrong way. I ask him what he means by that, and he lists several reasons, including words she said about his son and the GoFundMe account. She asked us if we wanted to donate. First of all, you shouldn't have to ask us, you know. And, and so she called here one night, and she asked me, you know, I kind of, again, I'm feeling sorry for her because, you know, I'm trying to be understanding and, right. and sympathetic. You know, she's like talking about some, I forgot what we were talking about. And then she goes, would you guys want to donate to the right, right. You know, there's people that, you, that we met, like Detective Crayback and now yourselves, that has great intent, good intentions, but it's just this woman, you know, I, I don't, I mean, I've only talked to her, I think, that one time, maybe, like maybe twice, maybe twice yeah, right? Yeah. You've talked to her plenty of times trying to support her, yeah. but it's like, she, it's, it's still, yeah. So, I can't even, I can't even go there anymore. I just got to pray for her from a distance. Yeah. That's all I can do. I was at work and I came home and my wife was upset. I was like, what's going on? And I think you were here that day and she made some sly remark about the, the cars. Right? Yeah. Like about the roads. And I'm like, are you yeah. kidding me? Like, like that's this is about only, your daughter right yeah, now. Yeah, this is about she your just, daughter. You're making, you're making an observation about a stupid car. Yeah. What did she say? Right? I mean, I, th I think she, oh, How much does that cost? So I never understood that. Like when my wife told me, I was like, what kind of person is this? Like, yeah. And you know, that's when I started backing yeah. off. I said, oh, yeah, I'm not gonna, I can't do that with her. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it, it got to the point where with us, like, cause I have a couple of detectives that works for me. Right. right. When we do movies and TV and you know, we came, when I came on, I said, you think I should hire Keith and look into we, this, we have, you know? We had questions. Yeah, we had questions, right? Yeah. And you know, but again, the mother kind of took it to the point where it was like, okay, what, like, really you had not, you talking about a car, right? I, I, I never got that statement. And that's when I started being a little bit turned off, you know, by her, by her actions. Some of Elaine's friends had mentioned that the comparers drove by the search yelling for Daisy. So I ask about this. Shakim says they went to help, then felt chased off when people started yelling after them and trying to take photos. I mean, we was like, we was like okay, let's go help them, you know, and, and be part of, of the solution, but they chased us, you know. I asked for her friends, Elaine's friends, because I wanted to speak to them. You guys don't know us, right. and you know I, we have never met you guys until yeah. today. 
but you have to understand that, like, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're parents and we're sons and we're daughters and we're human beings. And, you know, I don't want you guys to, like, whatever you heard from Susan to, to, to kind of be the description of who we are. Shakim says that a leading figure he works with in the entertainment industry initially asked if they could help in any way. But he felt unsure and told them this. I don't know who we're helping in, right? Like, it, it really is that simple to us. It's like, if, that, if this woman had come to our house, and she's been here three times, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And sat in this, in this living room and said, look, you know, here's what's going on, without picking on my son, right? Because not only did he tell you what happened, because he, she, she was calling you like every other day, right? The video don't lie. Mm-hmm. Right? right? We showed you videos of your daughter leaving here, right? My son never left, you know, didn't leave here for a whole day after this. You know, so even if you didn't believe us, at least treat us like with a little bit of respect. And things to me would have would have been a lot easier than the way she went about it. You know, and that's that that that's really what's what's been frustrating me. We go on to discuss some of the other accusations that have been made about them, including questions about the video footage of Elaine going to the movies, returning from the movies, and leaving the house in the morning. Anyway, like, I, I don't want to take it too much. I don't take it down, but it just feels good to, to actually say this to somebody. But we could have done something to help this woman, right, had she not alienated my wife and me, right? Yeah. So like, to me, that's the part I don't understand. Yeah. Right? Because we, we've been here since day one saying, hey guys, if you guys need any help, we tried to be part of the search party, we tried to be part of a solution, but nobody allowed us to, to help because, you know, some idiots run up to us, we know you guys didn't have anything to do with it. Like, you're, you're profiling me, you don't even know me, right? So yeah. that, I just, again, I, I really wanted to share that with you guys because that's been bothering me. And like you, all we want is for her to be found. Thank you, sir. Pleasure I appreciate you. Absolutely. And I thought it was like something had gone on that had really shaken up Elaine that night and she went over to his house. Right. Like something was shaking her up and it was about her mom. Right, but how? Yeah, but I mean, how do you reconcile that? Does she just have the worst shitty luck in the world? She just had a big fight with her mom, big mm-hmm. problem, mm-hmm. and then she gets randomly abducted. Right, no, 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 that exactly. morning. Right. Like, come on. It was interesting. They came to the search to help, and then just felt like mobbed. Mm-hmm. And then, so, whereas Daisy was actually just trying to find a friend who they she could, who like was a friend of Elaine's. What do you think? Yes, because I don't. I can't believe that they would show up and act like asses. One of the things that bothers me on leaving the interview is Divine's statement that no alcohol or drugs were used that night. A lot of the messages between him and Elaine were at least about weed. So having stronger reassurance that there were no other factors involved in Elaine's condition when she left that morning would be helpful. However, it seems clear from the interview that Divine seemed to care about Elaine a lot, and nothing he said conflicted with the facts we know. So as it stands now, I can't find any motive for him to do anything to Elaine. Yeah, so good. So I felt like we were, I felt like we did the best we could. I think we got the most we could, given that he was in front of his dad. All right, so let's... Uh, but let's think about it. I mean, you were talking about it with the yeah. group. What remains to be determined now 
is where did Elaine go when she left Divine's house? Knowing why she left and where she went would probably answer all our questions. Despite a few gray areas, we have a much better picture now of the 10 or so hours before Elaine disappeared. It's helped raise and eliminate some possibilities. Coincidentally, one other piece soon arrives that helps add to that picture and to the mystery of that night. Want to teach your kids financial literacy but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com odyssey. Do you ever wish you could become a detective and help find the clues to the case? How about all of that in a mobile game that you can take anywhere? In June's journey, each scene leads to a new thrilling storyline. Uncover the mystery of June's sister's murder and find out about scandalous family secrets. The gameplay lets you find hidden clues as you investigate a murder mystery. Escape to a bygone age of mystery, danger, and romance. Let your imagination run wild when decorating your island estate and collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. Whether you're craving a good mystery or looking for an escape, you can immerse yourself in the world of June Parker. June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story taking you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. Each new scene takes you further through a thrilling murder mystery story that sets the main protagonist, June Parker, on a quest to solve the murder of her sister and uncover her family's many secrets. I travel so much while working that I personally love to play it while sitting around airports with all that free time I have. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Chapter 24, Empty on the Inside. 
I'm, I'm, I, I can't believe it. I know the footage inside and out. I mean, I have studied it and studied it. And to see this today is unbelievable. What Rosemary is referring to is footage of Elaine Park driving up to and walking into Divine Compare's house at what we now know was 8.39 p.m. on January 27th. Have you ever seen footage of Elaine initially arriving at Dib's house? No, never, never, never. Seeing Elaine was, gave me chills, something that I'd never seen on, you know, those last days. It's chilling to me. The reason we now have this footage is because something odd happened. Ingrid was at a meeting with a donor for the reward fund, and Susan was preparing to show videos of Elaine at the Compare's house, copies of which she'd shared with all of us. But the video Susan started playing on her computer was one that Ingrid and none of us had seen before after months of investigating everything. And what I guess what I'm confused by is like, you have all the footage, supposedly. Susan gave it to you to post on Facebook, no? Yes, she did. Footage consists of Elaine walking to her car from Div's house, and then the mystery car comes, the Uber comes, she walks back to get Div, they go to the film from there. Then the second one was them arriving back to the house for the night, and the last one was Elaine leaving to her car, and then of course the gate footage, but absolutely nothing about her arriving. I mean, she said that was everything. Rosemary double-checks the email that Susan originally sent her, and in that message is every other video we know of of Elaine outside Divine's house, except this one. What's most frustrating for Rosemary is that she's posted all the other videos on the Help Find Elaine Park Facebook page multiple times. And this new one could have answered a lot of speculation and accusations posted by people who've been studying the videos for clues. However, it just may be that Susan didn't think it was significant or somehow one of us overlooked it. This is something we'll have to ask her about. Having footage of Elaine arriving would take the guesswork out of a lot of things. Establishing the time that she arrived because the camera time, the timestamp is off. The back and forths with all the speculation about the lights, about Elaine's car. It's just the way it works. Even the way the, the, the lights in the compressor's house work. The flashing on the wall that people speculate so much about. It's just the same. And had we seen this, this would have been, I mean, this is a missing person. Every little bit matters. I mean, the biggest thing is that Elaine's wearing the same clothes when she leaves the house. She's wearing the exact same clothes as what she arrived in. And that's a really big deal. One more thing, she's carrying nothing. Nothing. What Rosemarie is referring to are the items found in Elaine's car a black backpack with her computer, and a baby blue duffel bag that she supposedly used as an overnight bag. Elaine's not seen carrying either of these when she enters Divine's house. But when she leaves the house, she could, it seems like she could be carrying something under her left arm. You can't quite see it when she leaves the house that morning. It's hard to tell if it's the jacket or, but it doesn't appear that it's, that there's anything on her shoulder. If she's carrying something under her arm, it would be pretty tiny because it's really hard to see. 
Why would you hold this? This particular piece, 10 minutes worth of footage. While it is possible that Elaine just left her bags in the car, we decide to call Elaine's friend Sadie to ask if she saw it. And Sadie tells Mike that she actually witnessed Elaine leaving her house that night to go to Divine's. Uh, she definitely was locking her door as I was, like, doing my U-turn in her cul-de-sac to leave. She was locking up. So she wasn't going back inside. And when she came out, like, all she was holding was the curler. She didn't have her blue bag. And and anything else? Laptop or backpack or anything? No, the only thing she was holding when she walked out of her house was my curler. Got it. She wasn't holding anything else. So it was just the curler. She walked out, handed it to me, and I started to kind of, like, drive off to leave, and she was locking up her door, and it looked like she was, like, starting to walk towards her car to, like, leave. Sadie notes that she doesn't recall seeing this bag before, and Elaine's friend Daisy says the same, though they both say they're very familiar with Elaine's black backpack. What we're trying to establish is what were Elaine's intentions when she left her house that night, and where did she go after she left Divine's? Most importantly, did she drive to Malibu herself and park in the spot where the car was found, or was the car planted there at some later point? What would really help with this is knowing the exact condition and contents of Elaine's car when it was found. Although no documentation was made of the interior of the vehicle, Jaden was able to speak with an officer who found the car. And this is what he said. All four doors were unlocked. The key was in the ignition in the on position. There was a backpack on the front seat, quote, placed there to find it. Everything was inside the backpack, all neat. In the front pocket was Elaine's driver's license. There was a laptop, bra, and a journal or diary with the last entry of a month before. The officer also opened the computer and noted that the charge was at 30%. The center console and driver's pocket each had a cell phone, and both phones were dead. The other phone, by the way, was apparently an older iPhone of Elaine's that was found damaged and could not be repaired. There was not a car charger, but there might have been one in the backpack. However, the officer can't remember. There was a baby blue duffel bag in the back seat well with clothes in it. The trunk had clothes and a number of Elaine's shoes. It seems the officer believes the car was staged there, but that's just theory. We need actual evidence. I'm assuming there must be plenty of people who are like driving down PCH that probably have photos of that exact spot. Oh, I, I totally agree. I mean, not only, you know, not only people in their cars, but you know, there's an opportunity for motorcyclists, bicyclists, um, a lot of them, you know, have GoPros mounted for, you know, security issues and things like that. So, I, yeah, I think uh, there's definitely an opportunity to, to get that. Since the press conference got so much pickup and, and, and attention, do you think a press release could just bring any of these people out of the woodwork? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, if we get that out to... You know, our media contacts, I think there's a good chance that, uh, you know, they can get it out wide. There's definitely interest in the story. So, you know, for sure, we don't know what's out there, but let's, uh, you know, let's get a press release out and, and see what comes back. We begin working on the press release. 
adding a reward to incentivize people to see if they have photos and videos from the five-day window between when Elaine left Devine's house and when her car was found, unlocked, with all her stuff in it. It seems like we're really making progress, filling in these crucial gaps in the time surrounding Elaine's disappearance. Yet as we're working, the focus shifts once again. So we asked Susan to write a, a, like a, basically like a, a quote or a little passage for the new a statement for the new press release that we're going to put, you know, be distributing for the new $140,000 reward. And we kept asking her for a statement over and over and over and over again. And she kept like ignoring it. And then finally, like at the last minute, we were like, we need a statement. And so she sends this statement. This is the text that Susan sends. Below is my quote. Please feel free to change it around. And if we can include GoFundMe, that would be helpful. She then sends a very beautiful paragraph, and I'll quote part of it. I'm not sure that I'm okay. Don't even think I'm fine. I'm empty on the inside, but not inside my mind. I can't stop thinking, what more can I do? I'm not really here at all. Just the shell is left to see. I've become someone I never thought I'd be, a grieving mother. And Anne-Marie looked at it and was like, hmm, this just does not seem like she wrote it. And so Anne-Marie copied and pasted it into Google. And it turns out Susan plagiarized this entire passage from a real grieving mother. It's fucking insane. It's in a press release that's going out tomorrow morning. This is the original poem, written by Lisa McCann, whose son, Sean, was stabbed to death in 2012 during a dispute with a friend over rent money. You'll notice that a few lines have been removed and a few words altered, but otherwise, it's essentially the same. I'm not sure that I'm okay. Don't even think I'm fine. I'm empty on the inside, but not inside my mind. My mind can't stop thinking. What more could I have done? I really can't stop wondering, where did everything go wrong? I'm not really here at all. Just the shell is left to see. I have become someone I never thought I'd be. A grieving mother. I don't know, man. Guys, I, you know, I went away and I thought it would help me see things. I thought I could see other perspectives, but I have no other explanation. This doesn't mean Susan knows what happened to Elaine. It doesn't even mean she's necessarily hiding something. It just means that when we explore different angles in this investigation, we often discover behavior like this from Susan, even when we aren't looking in her direction. It's really uncomfortable, because she seems to be working hard in her own way on all of this. But these contradictions and inconsistencies raise questions that we have to keep exploring until we can come to a conclusion. And we would soon find out we're not the only ones thinking this. Here's Mike after returning from a meeting with a key figure in the investigation who wants to share something with us. He suspected this the whole time and and he he did tell me that um, part of hearing this was a relief to him. It feels good to talk about it because it's something that's been 
bothering him for ever since Elaine went missing. Coming up on the season finale of To Live and Die in L.A. Apparently, Celebrite has the technology now to unlock an iPhone 7, and they've unlocked Elaine's phone. The first person I've seen, your daughter-daughter? Uh-huh. I know where she hides. It's not dangerous if he goes in? No, 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 no. Because they don't know who he is. I want to ask you about Elaine's disappearance so you can answer each question truthfully. Have you been involved in Elaine's disappearance? Thank you for listening. If you have any information that leads to the discovery of Elaine Park's whereabouts, there's a $140,000 reward. So make sure to call us at 213-204-2073, or you can email us anonymously at livedieLA at tenderfoot.tv. Meanwhile, we will be posting the newly discovered video of Elaine arriving at Divine's house on our social media accounts at Live Die LA Pod. Please note that this is still an active investigation and the police have not named any suspects. Everyone mentioned should be presumed innocent. We are sharing the step-by-step documentary of our experiences while searching for Elaine Park with you in hopes that this podcast leads to justice for Elaine. To Live and Die in LA is a production of Tenderfoot TV and Neil Strauss in association with Cadence 13. Executive producers are myself, Donald Albright, and Payne Lindsay. Produced and edited by Tristan Bankston. Consulting producer, Alex Vespasted. And additional editing by Mariah Winter. Mixed and mastered by Cooper Skinner and Devin Johnson. Original music and score by Makeup and Vanity Set, with additional musical services by Tristan Bankston. The theme song is Love and War by Flurry. Cover design by Trevor Eiler. A Grieving Mother, read by Abigail Bankston. And special thanks to Chris Corcoran and the team at Cadence 13, Oren Siegel, Oren Rosenbaum and Grace Royer at UTA, The Nord Group, Station 16, and Beck Media and Marketing. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. <laughs>